Ephesians 6, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. This is Stan from uh, week two, by the way. We've been in a series on the full armor of God. And, uh, boy, the 930, the Holy Spirit really breathed on it to the point I thought, Jesus, man, God's up to something, y'all. Be strong in the Lord, his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Tell your neighbor, I'm not your problem. But against rulers, authorities, against powers in this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and that is the, that is the moment that Paul is here defining, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit or in the Greek language and through praying in the Spirit. In other words, 18 is that hinge. It's the key that releases all of this to happen. Paul says, now we pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Verse 14 again, stand firm, stand firm. Let's pray. Father, speak now in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Dre. Dr. Dre. I just thought it was so funny. It hit me funny. Okay, I got to go. I'm going to do a little bit of review, but I said so much last week. Please watch on YouTube. Please get the podcast. All of it's free. All of it's for you. And it's our gift back to you. We don't make you walk out and buy DVDs and CDs. We give it to you for free. It's an investment into your life. So a lot, a lot was said last week. Can't review all of it. Let me just give you a few things. We learned last week we can stand in any situation and circumstance, good and bad. We can be strong or, as we learned last week, receive strength to stand firm in the day of evil. Let's define the day of evil again. The day of evil is... When Satan speaks into a circumstance in your life to separate you from God, discourage you, tempt you, and distract you. It's, it's the day of evil is the day the devil gets your number. Y'all ever gotten that text? And you go, heck yes, oh yes. Y'all ever gotten a text and thought, how'd you get my number? Y'all ever gotten a phone call, how'd you get my number? The day of evil is when the devil gets your number. The day of evil was when the devil knocks on your door. And we said last week, when the devil knocks on your door, faith has to answer. When fear knocks on your door, faith has to answer. When the devil, when the devil has your marriage, faith is going to have to answer. The day of evil comes. Paul did not say, if you just have enough faith, you'll never face it. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, man, I'm going through this. I guess I don't have enough faith. No, no, no. Your faith is going to get you through. When the day, not if, when the day of evil comes. So there's just times of attack. There's times of discouragement. There's times when Satan, there's concentrated evil against your life. And on that day, God says, I will give you the power and the grace to stand. 
So more than causing circumstance, he speaks into circumstance to discourage, to distract, and to separate you from God. We are in a fight, not with flesh and blood, not with people, but with the enemy of our soul, the devil. And we learned last week that the devil is the accuser, the slanderer. He separates men from God and men from each other. He lies, he accuses, he slanders. He breaks the law with his words. And he tries to get us to come into agreement. So God gives us weapons to enforce the victory Jesus already paid to give us. In the same way that I own my home, I still lock it to enforce my ownership. And I got some other things in my house too to enforce it if you decide to try to come in. In the same way, this is Nevada, y'all. We locked in loaded. This ain't California. Go back if you're offended. So, amen, go pay the taxes. We carry weapons in this state. So he's given, why am I talking, Alan? You got me all stirred up. (laughs) So he gives us seven weapons, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word, and prayer. Gives us seven weapons. Notice, all of the protection, all of the weapons, none of them protect our rear because we're never in retreat. We're always moving forward in the promises of God. The Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're moving forward. The devil's on the defense. He's on his heels and we're constantly moving forward in Jesus' name. So there's gonna be times of conflict. There's gonna be times. These are times to gather with brothers and sisters. These are times to pray. These are times when, it, when it's so important that you have good Christian community because, because there will be days of evil. They, they come, but we learned last week, they go. We stand. They come, they go, we remain. So when these moments come, we don't have to backslide. We don't have to retreat. We don't have to lose spiritual ground. We stand. He knocks. We answer with faith, he leaves, and we stay in our victory. So now he gives us, amen. So he gives us seven weapons. I'm gonna, well, I was trying to get through two today and I got through one, so we'll see how this message goes. But I wanna start with the belt of truth. The belt of truth, truth. Here's what the Bible says in John 18, 38. A man asked Jesus, what is truth? Your answer to this question is defining your life right now. Your answer to this question is shaping your life. Your answer to this question is deciding your future. If you get the truth question wrong, you get life wrong. What is truth? If you don't know, You will never inherit everything God has for you because he is truth. God is truth. He's a God of truth. The Bible says he is the spirit of truth. And so if you miss truth, you miss God. Truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. I know it's a little heavy, but just write it down. You'll look edumacated. Truth is... 
the absolute standard by which reality is measured. Let me give you an easier definition. Y'all ready? Here we go. Truth is God's view on any subject. Amen. A little easier to digest. Truth is God's view, God's opinion on any subject. What God says about it is true. God is not a man that he should lie. Anything that comes out of God's mouth is truth. So what God says about it is the truth. On sexuality, on life, on morals, on values, on, 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 any, on anything you want to say. What God says is true. Truth is God's view on any subject. See, this is hard to digest. I already got quiet in here because... The greatest myth of our culture right now is this, my truth. I just want to speak my truth. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to share my truth. Your experience isn't necessarily truth. Your emotions are definitely not truth. Your truth might be a lie compared to God's truth. And we worship our truth instead of surrendering it at the feet of truth, Jesus. Uh, uh, we walked into Target yesterday and I was in the kids' aisle with Goldie and there was this little... Uh, uh, cute little teddy bear or something, real cute. It's beautiful. And then on the back, you can squeeze the back of its head and it goes like evil. Y'all seen this? It's awesome. So I've got my little two-year-old and she, oh, look at the bear. And I pinched the back and went, and she ah, freaked out. I was teaching her self-defense. I said, punch it. So, you know, she's... Uh, to her, this little bear was gonna bite her head off. That was her truth. But her truth was not a reality. Her truth, her truth was experience, but not eternal. Her, her truth at two, at 20, or at five, she'll laugh about. Hello? So your truth at, at six years old is there's a boogeyman under my bed. I better stay under the covers because those are the Holy Ghost sheets of protection. Some of y'all adults still stay under your sheets. I know it. You stay real tight. Somehow all powers of hell cannot break through the blanket of Holy Spirit protection. Okay. But my, my truth as a 10-year-old was the closet door has to be shut before I go to bed. Because that's a portal. Amen. Chucky going to come out of there. Come on, somebody. Don't know about Chucky. Okay. Well, 36, I'm not checking closet doors anymore, checking under my bed. Because it was, it was my truth, but it was a lie. Your experience is not, your experience might be true to you in a moment. Have you noticed how truth, truth is changing so fast in our culture? There are things we're embracing today that 10 years ago, we would have been shocked and we would have said, our nation will never go down that road. 
We'll never embrace that as the norm. We'll never, and I'm not, I'm not being political or weird or anything like that. I already did my gun thing. I'm not, I'm over it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm making a point. Uh, the, the, the truth that we embrace as a culture is not truth. It's, it's shifting so fast. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It's, it's whatever value system we need to embrace to be politically correct. And let me just tell you something. Um, the West, the strength of the West is that it was built on this. And the weakness of the West is that we've rejected this. Anywhere you see a stronghold of Christianity in the world, you see equality. You see slavery broken. You see rights for homosexuals. Don't, don't come talking to us about, oh, y'all judgmental. The freest people in, in any nation are, are in, of any nation are nations where the Bible is the foundation. And where there is a, a downturn is when we reject this. It's like right when the, you know, the church is really growing, I'm like, let's, let's have this talk today, okay? <laughs> Y'all okay? Yes. My, my point is that the freest people in the world are in, are in nations that have been founded on Christianity. Yes. I, I'm only saying that to say, and now our weakness is that we're rejecting this. Yes. What is truth? Truth is not the emotion of the day. Truth is timeless. Can I just say something now as the, the crowds will get younger throughout the day? And I, so I didn't, say, I didn't have to say it in the 930, but you know, there was a day we read books. Now we watch documentaries. So what should take weeks and weeks and weeks of research, we now get in 30 minutes with emotional music behind it and we think we know something about something. We used to say, I've read up on that. I've studied that. I've... Now we say, I watched 30 minutes on Netflix. I'm an expert. We got to be careful. I'm just saying, what is truth? So here's truth. Number one, God's word is his truth. John 17, 17. Your word is truth. It says, sanctify them in the truth. Conform them into the image of Jesus, that sanctification, in the truth. Your word is truth. Here's another truth, John 14, 6. Jesus is truth. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth. He is truth. And by the way, I know I say some of this stuff today, and it might be, I'm not trying to be a hot button today, but I think we need to be very careful if, if our gospel is never, if, if our gospel is never feeling resistance with our culture, right? So be comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay, okay. I'm just saying that, okay? And no, no, one, no one's forcing anything. I'm just saying it's okay when the word 
comes up against our cultural norms. It's good for us. Okay. So, so, so Jesus is truth. If you want to see truth personified, look at the person, the work, and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And now the opposite of truth is Satan. John 8, 44, Satan is the father of lies. When, when he lies, he speaks his native language. I mean, here at the bottom, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Anything that comes out of the mouth of Satan is a lie. Yeah. If, if the devil tells you the sky is blue, he's lying. Because his motive is always deception. If God tells you the sky is purple, it's the truth. I'm making a point because there are going to be times that God will tell you things that are crazy, but it's true. And there are times that the devil will tell you something so reasonable. Like, hey, Jesus, eat some bread. As simple as that. And yet it was deception to get him out of his call. Wow. All right, all right, all right. I didn't mean to quote Kevin Hart, but y'all, but y'all heard it because y'all, because y'all watch it. I guess I do too. Okay. The spiritual battle is a war of truth and lies. Remember these truths on the day of evil. Remember this. Remember this. On the day of evil, when I'm, when I'm going through it, God loves me in this moment. God is for me in this moment. God did not send this moment. God will get the glory in this moment. And God will make sure I get stronger because of this moment. Remember this. I might be in it now, but I believe God's working. I believe God is moving even in it. Now, remember, the day of evil is not just a trial. We talked about this already. It is anything that can cause you to stop experiencing the victory Jesus paid to give you. So Paul says, wrap truth around your waist like a belt. Truth will keep you together. Literally, truth will keep your clothes on. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but it's Vegas, so y'all probably need a belt. It will, it, will, it will keep you covered. Truth will keep you... Truth will keep you from feeling shame. Yeah. It'll keep you dignified. Because God is never out to humiliate. He is out to give you dignity. Truth wraps around you. It covers you. Paul said, keep truth around. If you could just think about your core, he's saying, he's saying, I want this to be the core of who you are, truth. Because it will keep you in days of evil, in moments of evil. See, without the knowledge of truth, you may not even recognize you're in a day of evil. I'm going to give you a few of these. Someone's life is about to change. Get ready. Get ready. 
Without the knowledge of the truth, you may think a temptation is actually a good opportunity. If someone will hear what I just said, it'll change your life. So wife, you go to work and homeboy thinks you fine. He thinks you smell good. He notices your hair. Tells you, he tells you how, what a great job you're doing. He, some, some homie will tell you everything your husband has forgotten to tell you. And then, and then if you don't know the truth, you'll go, well, you know, God, does, God loves me. God just wants me to be happy. And I guess this is an opportunity. No, it's a temptation. But God wants me to be happy. No, God wants you to be holy. And happy are the holy. You got to be holy first. See, you'll, you'll, mistake an op, you'll, you'll mistake a temptation as an opportunity. Amen. <laughs> the lotto numbers start going into crazy numbers and we start driving to California, Utah, Arizona because, you know, the Lord wants to bless my finances. Jabin talks about it every week. I mean, because <laughs> if you don't know the truth, the, the truth, the Bible says getting rich quick will destroy your soul. The Bible says we get faithful with a little ruler over much, that we gain wealth little by little. But too much money too fast will destroy your life. So we, so we drive to the gas station saying, Lord, I'll tithe. Because you'll mistake temptation for opportunity without truth. And then you wonder why you're broke. Oh man, the devil will beat us up so fast. And he'll do it $2 at a time. He'll do it one flirt at a time. He'll do it one little opportunity at a time. Yeah. So you get, a little, you get a little influx of finances and you go, oh, I guess, you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna go down to the casino. I know I can double this. I know I can. <laughs> and the Bible says, you'll be a lender and not a borrower. So instead of getting out of debt, you just... Are we talking like adults this morning? Is this all right? Yes. Amen. Can I talk to you like, like you're a man of God, you're a woman of God? Amen. Is that all right? And so, so if you don't know the truth, you will, you will mistake temptation as opportunity. Well, I can take this job, I'm going to make a lot more money. Yeah, but you're never going to see your family. And it's going to take you out of church. And it's going to take you out of Christian community. And, and, and you're going to put in 30 more hours a week for, for what, $10,000 more a year? Are you? Don't, don't mistake. Temptation is opportunity. I'm talking to somebody. I don't, I don't make decisions on money. I make decisions led by the Holy Spirit, which has led me to money. Okay. I'm helping somebody. Without the knowledge of truth, you'll mistake a trial as discipline from God. 
Well, you know, I've gotten sick. I guess the Lord's just slowing me down. He ain't slowing you down. Anything the Father put on Jesus on the cross does not belong to you. Give me, give me some love because it's quiet in here. I need some encouragement. Somebody Instagram me or something. I need some encouragement right now. Give me a shout out in your story. I'm, I'm going to feel very insecure this afternoon when I get home. I'm just being honest. Y'all getting quiet on me. Anything he put on Jesus will never go on you. Well, I guess the Lord just slowed me down, so, so he gave me the flu. Or By his stripes, I am healed. Sickness is an enemy of God's people. Death is the ultimate enemy of God. I resist sickness. If sickness is God's will, why do you go to the doctor? We go to the doctor to enforce what we believe about Scripture. That God uses medicine. That God uses technology and science. We're not against any of it. We use it. Because we believe it's the way God heals us. Amen. Don't be, we're not super spiritual around here. We don't say don't go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. It's, it's a way God heals. It's one of the ways. Yes, he uses miracles as well. My point is, if you don't know the word, you'll mistake a trial as discipline. It's not discipline. One, one time a guy came up to me, I think I've shared this before, he came up to me to, for prayer, and he goes, yeah, I need you to pray for my back. I pulled my back out. You know, I just know, I, I know the Lord, I know the Lord's just doing a work in me through this. So I looked at him, I said, so then why do you want me to pray and interfere the work God's doing? And he went, I never thought about that. I said, I bet you didn't, dum-dum. What is truth? This is truth. And if you're ignorant of this, and you're ignorant of God's promise, you will just accept anything that comes your way. Without the knowledge of truth, a demonic attack will mistake a demonic attack as God's judgment. Well, I guess God's just judging me for what I've done. He judged Jesus. Amen. It was put on Jesus. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says, God is faithful and just to forgive. Just. Not faithful and merciful. That word just means righteous. It is the right thing to do to forgive you. Because... The justice was already poured on Jesus. It's not just that God is nice and forgives us. It's just for him to forgive us. Because wrath was already poured on the man in the middle cross. It would be unjust for God to judge you if he already judged the firstborn. So I don't mistake moments of demonic attack as a judgment from God. Because that judgment has already been dealt out. 
So, oh, this is good news. And God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And so now I, I, I face this and I know what I'm facing is not God. What I'm facing is the enemy of my soul. And now I go to God for help. I think I'm helping somebody. So Mark 4, y'all are, and by the way, y'all are so dang full of faith. I'm so proud of you because I know this is heavy and y'all just, I'm so proud of this church because I can share stuff like this and, and you receive it and you hear it. And um, you're amazing. You're amazing. Give yourself a hand. You're amazing. So Mark 4. Mark 4, Jesus tells this parable out of the light. Jesus tells this parable, and he says, uh, he says um, and I'll get to that in one second, Angelina. He says, he says, so there's this sower who sows seed. And when the sower sows seed, four things happen. Number one, birds come and eat the seed. Number two, weeds come and, and um, uproot the seed or choke out the seed. Number three, the sun comes and scorches the seed. Number four, some seed falls on good ground and it produces 30, 60, even 100 fold. So he tells this parable, walks into the back green room where his staff is waiting for him and the disciples say, what the heck were you talking about? And uh, now he defines what he just talked about. Here it is. Mark 4, verse 13. He said to them, if you, okay, here it is. Woo, listen, 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 listen. If you don't understand this parable, you don't understand any parable. So time out. If I was you, I'd read Mark 4 a lot. Because if we don't get this story, we don't get the kingdom. There are so many keys in this parable that will unlock the whole kingdom to you. Jesus says, if you don't get this one, you won't get any of them. You won't understand mustard seed faith. You won't understand the woman who cleans out the house looking for a lost coin. You won't understand the prodigal son. You won't, you won't understand anything else I say. You won't understand forgiveness and the story of the debtor. You won't get any of it if you don't get this. This is the foundational story. Wow. Jim, why are you telling me this? Because I'm about to read it. I want you to know it's important. So let me explain. The, par the farmer sows the word as seed. So time out. Here's the farmer. The farmer's God. And the farmer sows words. Everything God does in your life, he does through a word. Everything. Because faith comes by Hearing. And hearing the word. You get faith for finances. You get faith for healing. You get faith for your marriage. You get faith for your future. You get faith for your children. It all comes from here. This is where it, he sows. And what falls on the beaten path represents us. So God sows his word into our hearts. But here's what I want to get into your spirit. Verse 15. Verse 15 says this. But immediately. 
Satan appears. Wow. That's why every morning when you decide to wake up and you're like, I'm going to read the Bible today in the name of Jesus. I'm going to start me a quiet time in the name of Jesus. And you open up the Bible and then you go, oh man, I need to text my mama real quick. Let me go text her. I wonder, wonder how her stock's doing. Let me check on that real quick. No, no, I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to get in the word right now. I wonder, I wonder how much our house is worth. Let me just go check. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that he did not say, God sows the word and the Holy Spirit appears to anoint the word? It's kind of like God says, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to speak. And now you're, you and the devil have a decision. Are you going to embrace this? Or are you going to listen to him? That's why some of the best fights Christians will ever have is leaving church. <laughs> you get in the car and there's Satan in your back seat. Hey, how was church? <laughs> Even talk about money again? Yeah, yeah. The huge. Have you seen this car? <laughs> the preacher should drive that. What kind of watch you think that is? I wonder how much that costs. <laughs> and he just starts. And then we get discouraged because it's conflict. So we think, I must have missed God. No, 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 you heard God. The conflict proves you heard the word. So conflict doesn't discourage me. My wife and I went through a pretty, just like a weird season a couple of months ago. We just like a funk, like just a little funky. Y'all ever been in a funk? Not even with each other, just like, am I telling you I prayed and fasted? I went on a two-day fast, and I, I just, I broke it. And I feel like we're probably maybe in the best season of our life right now. Can I, and, and no one knew, is this between us? Can I tell you? Um, it was not one thing that we did that was wrong. It was that I got a word from heaven about some things for our church. And Satan appeared. So I laid hands on my daughter and I laid hands on my wife and I said, in the name of Jesus, this thing lifts. I'm helping you. You're in a fight, y'all. Not against flesh and blood. And he comes to what the Bible says, like birds, to eat the seed before it can do something in your life. Okay. The farmer sows the word. There's immediate conflict. <laughs> because see, every time you go to the word, here's what happens. Mindsets collide. Cultures collide. Decisions must be made. Repentance must happen. Your will is challenged. But that's hard on your flesh. 
But then there's this other side where dreams are released and possibilities are revealed and minds are renewed and hope is restored, but that's a challenge to your flesh. So it's like every time we go to the word or every time we hear the word or every time we go after God, there's conflict. But here's what happens. Uh, Galatians 5, the more you walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. In other words, the more you, you face it and the stronger you get, the weaker the strength of your flesh becomes. Until like Hebrews 6, you train your members by reason of use, the Bible says. See, not only does my spirit love God, but at this point now walking with Jesus 21 years, I can say like David, my heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. I, I love Jesus and I'm ev even physically I love Jesus. Like I love the house of God. I love coming to church. I love the word. Because by reason of use, I've, I'm training my members. Is this not crazy? Is this not awesome? So the, so the, the conflict is less. I still have days of evil. I just got through one. Still have days of evil. But they're fewer and further between. And, and when they come, I recognize them so fast for what they are. And I know how to go to the Word, and I know how to go to the Holy Spirit, I know how to pray in the Spirit, and I know how to go, and I, I know how to pull out the sword of the Spirit and go to war. And what could take months can be eradicated in days or weeks, or even hours. Wow. I'm out of time. Okay. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. Open your heart to this. I, I got to give you one more verse. Can we go to the last verse there? I just got to give this to you. So here's, here's, here's who we are. And I'm prophesying it, but actually we're even seeing it. It's happening in our lives. and It's happening in our church. But the seed sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts. Anybody got an open heart to the Lord? Come on, let me see your hand. Not perfect people. Not people who don't make, ever make mistakes. Just, I just got a heart open, Lord. Receive the word and their lives bear good fruit. Producing a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 fold. You read it and you believe it and you open your heart to it. So let me just say this and I gotta go. That's my fourth close. I just counted. Seventh, is that seventh close? Okay, my bad. I'll get to seven. Okay, 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 I got three more. I gotta close, okay, that's number five. Let me just say this. Never go to the Word without prayer. So you do something like this. You open up your Bible app or, or you open up your Bible app or you go to your... You got one of these if people still own these? 
and you say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I open my heart to your word. Let this word produce in me 30, 60, and even 100 fold in Jesus' name. And then you pray. And, and sometimes, because sometimes, y'all, it's a Tuesday and, and you're in Leviticus. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this is water. Here's what it means. Sometimes you don't retain a lot of it because it just, for whatever reason, there's, there are days that you will read the word and you'll stand up and go, I don't know what the heck I just read. Dang it. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Can I tell you, even in those moments, the Bible says, book of Ephesians, the, the word is like water and it's washing us. You never go to this book and it doesn't do something amazing. You never go to church and it does not do something amazing. If your heart's open, there is always a harvest that's producing. You might be in the day of evil. Stand on truth. Don't let go of it. Hold on to it. And watch it come to pass in your life. <laughs> Days of evil, they come and they go. Truth remains. The Bible said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. And so will you. Come on, clap your hands. Give God a shout of praise. <laughs> so, Father, we hold your word high. We esteem it highly. We value it. And we thank you that your truth is setting us free in Jesus' name.